Life goes on, which I have always felt was rude on life's part. It comes crashing into us at full speed, leaves us reeling, and doesn't spare so much as a backward glance as we drag ourselves back to our feet in its dust. It isn't that life doesn't care, although, to be clear, it doesn't. It's that life clearly has its own agenda, and no intention of pausing to let the rest of us catch our breath. I was already out of breath as I crested a hill looking out over the busy streets of New Fiddleham. My mentor had a naturally rapid gait, and it had been too long since I'd had any practice keeping pace. A moment, if you don't mind, Mr. Jacoby, I called. Of course. He paused to stand in what he might have believed was a nonchalant posture, leaning stiffly with his shoulder against a lamppost and his hands in the pockets of his tatty old duster while he waited for me. His restlessness was palpable. It crawled under his lapels and clambered through his messy hair. The man's impatience had little to do with today's hike and everything to do with me. I couldn't blame him. I'm sorry, I said. Don't apologize, he chided, but his aura churned. Auras, for those who have the good fortune of not being able to see them, look a bit like a glowing light and a bit like wispy smoke and a bit like a dream you tried to hold in your mind after waking up. Auras are slippery. They're also everywhere. Everything has its own energy. Sometimes that energy is simple. An average brick's energy is ruddy and brick-shaped. An average pebble's is small and pale. Other times, an aura is a hundred times larger and more complicated than the physical object generating it. A simple silver brooch could fill a room with waves of midnight and sadness. Or a strand of hair could burn as bright as a bonfire. That might all sound like a dazzling spectacle. And it is. But one does not wish to be dazzled when one is trying to butter a potato. One wishes that a potato would just sit still and be a potato for five blessed minutes. Auras are exhausting. And I had spent my formative months as a seer, sequestered in a building packed with my mentor's paranormal relics and crime scene mementos. They dazzled ceaselessly. Until recently... Jacoby had been the one to see auras, and he had been good at it. He had made a career out of it, solving impossible mysteries by following invisible clues. The sight should have remained his until the day he died. And technically, it had. Fortunately, Jacoby's untimely demise had only been temporary. Less fortunately, his supernatural sight had transferred itself behind my unready eyelids the moment his heart had stopped beating. And there it had remained, even after his resuscitation. The power was mine now, whether I wanted it or not. Shall we? Jacoby asked. I nodded, following him under a narrow brick arch. My eye twitched as we crossed through the tight alleyway. The space was claustrophobic, and the air was thick with the electric greys of anxiety and fear. One wall had been splattered with dull red paint, in which someone had hastily scrawled the words Mundus Noster. Each letter thrummed angrily. It made me feel itchy, like scar tissue forming around a cut. 
What's that? I asked aloud. Hmm? Jacoby followed my gaze. His lip twisted in a brief sneer. Don't pay it any mind. Just local gangs demonstrating typical New Fiddleham hospitality. At least they've put some effort into their Latin this time. Our world. Not particularly original. I've seen four or five variations in the past week. I swallowed. Is that normal? I asked. Jacoby didn't answer. He didn't have to. His aura churned faster.